Well, good morning and happy Halloween to, uh, uh, to you all. Oh man, my house was almost that house. At least talking about tonight. Uh, Jane and I head to uh, Edmonton this afternoon to Lake Louise tomorrow for a denominational prayer retreat. They, they call it a prayer retreat to compensate for the location we're meeting in. It's a rough part of being part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, but it, it's also a super amazing end of the deal, end of the season bargain deal. And Jane and, and I, we need to do one of those Edmonton uh, medical visits. We're going to combine it all together, but that kind of forces us to leave now. And then I heard that Adrian had been telling people how much I love Halloween and that you got to go to the Doyle's house for candy, so what am I to do? And uh, I did miss Halloween a, a couple of years ago for a hunting trip, and Adrian told me off. She did. But friends, I have solved the problem, and Braden, who you saw on bass guitar, who works with Kid City and our youth uh, and serves with the YWAM team here, he's uh, agreed to keep the Doyle house open for Halloween, and he's far more fun than I am, so you can get out to our place and pull in a hull of candy. And I, I do have boarders. One of them, when he gets home uh, from work, might help Braden. Uh, the other's in Edmonton, and when he's here, any free time he has, he's hunting, so you won't see him. So thank you, Braden, for keeping uh, Halloween uh, alive uh, and well at the Doyles. Yeah, pardon you. Thank you, Braden. Yes. Yeah, I, I've always loved Halloween. I mean, the color, the costumes, the candy, the, the mystery, even the spookiness of it. I wasn't raised in an evangelical church home, so I never knew that some people considered Halloween to be evil and that Christians shouldn't participate. I didn't clue in until my first church where I was a pastor, where I became the youth pastor of Unionville Lions Church north of Toronto. Uh, there were some people in this church who believed very strongly that to participate in Halloween was to dishonor Jesus because you were celebrating the devil. Some went as far as to suggest that you opened your life up and, and gave access to the demonic in your life. Just go on trick-or-treating could ruin you. And this is how I found out about it. My lead pastor, Dave Petrescu, he lived in a house on the church property. And on this Halloween, my first Halloween at this church, uh, the church was hosting a Christian alternative to Halloween, kind of a harvest party. But my lead pastor wanted to take his kids out trick-or-treating. Um, so he assigned me to run the party. And uh, he had to sneak out of the back door to take his kids. And then he checked to make sure that no one was looking when he and his kids stealthily slipped back into the house. And then he turned up to the harvest party that I had been asked to run. This tension was all new to me, and it all seemed quite bizarre. And I remember thinking, wow, some Christians get really crazy with fear. And I was kind of glad that I didn't grow up with all of that. But hey, not everyone in our church felt that way. There were two guys, Ralph and Griff, leaders in the church, who, who went out together on trick-or-treat to homes of people who were in the church. They were incredibly costumed so that you couldn't figure out who they were. And Griff sat on top of Ralph's shoulders as they came to your house. This two-faced monster would just walk into the house after you opened the door, like say nothing, then go wander around your living room a little bit, pick out their own candy on their own. Total silence. Most people couldn't figure out who they were. It freaked a few people out. Should they call the police? No one did. Others just laughed. The next morning at church, 
uh, people began to talk about these weird Halloween visits and realized that a lot of church people had been visited and they eventually figured out that it was Ralph and Griff who were behind this. And it kind of broke the power of that anti-Halloween group and the church had and we became free to celebrate Halloween with color and costumes and going trick-or-treating. I mean, no more alternative Christian harvest party. My job became a whole lot easier and my lead pastor no longer had to sneak in and out of his home on Halloween. Now, some of you have grown up in churches that scared the Halloween out of you. As for me, at this point, I was just like totally naive about this part of evangelical culture. Many of you here this morning, you're equally naive, and that's probably to your benefit. Uh, You'll be shaking your head at some of the things I'm saying. But you know, again this year, I I started to see well-meaning posts from Christians, several in this city, encouraging Christians to stay totally clear of Halloween. One post linked to an article titled, What is Halloween and Should Christians Celebrate It? The article started out so well, but in a rhetorical sleight of hand concluded with these words from the Apostle Paul, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, rather expose them, as well as these words from Paul, therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. So the idea is some churches teach that Halloween is the devil's holiday, that the roots of Halloween are evil. And yeah, truth be told, long, long ago, there were Druids who celebrated something called Samhain, which is not really Halloween, but it predates Halloween. And Samhain was a time of fear and dread. I mean, no doubt about it. And it does coincide with Halloween. And while they are not the same, they have come to be associated with each other. And there is, yes, a lot of dark stuff associated with Halloween today. I get that. But even if there is a connection between Samhain and Halloween, the question is, does that mean we should not celebrate it? Let me give you a parallel example. Let's talk about the celebration of Yule or Midwinterblot, as it was called in Sweden. Toward the time of the winter solstice, the days become shorter and colder, the land becomes more barren. I think we in Fort McMurray, we we understand this all too well, yeah. In in earlier pagan times, to keep the fire of the life-giving sun alight, what they wanted to do is they wanted to keep the sun from going out, you know, ending the world, stuff like that. People often made sacrifices before a great oak tree. The story goes that a preacher by the name of St. Boniface stopped one such sacrifice and in its place instituted the Christmas tree as a more appropriate alternative. So, are Christmas trees evil? And I should add, there are some churches that still will not allow Christmas trees in their building. In contrast, the Fort City is a Christmas tree wonderland thanks to Adrian and YWAM and their elves. Oh, yeah, elves are pagan too. Uh, Let's look at another Christmas tradition. Where does that burning Yule log that you see every Christmas uh, on Shaw Cable or other stations come from? And did you know that Shaw Cable took it off one year and they had such an uproar that it had to be reinstated? So where does that Yule log come from? What's, What's its roots? It dates all the way back to the burning of logs at the winter solstice over which sacrifices were made to the gods so that the light of the sun would keep going. People were just really fearful that the sun might go out. And you know, when you live with Fort McMurray, you kind of understand that fear. 
Christians turned the burning of the log from a pagan religious practice to the tradition of burning Yule logs and enjoying Christmas trees. So because burning Yule logs and putting up Christmas trees have their origins in ritual pagan sacrifice, does that mean we should ban Christmas trees today and definitely not watch that fireplace on Shaw TV? What do you think? Well, yeah, my answer is no. Hey, Christians from the start, they have taken dark holidays with satanic connections and transformed them into great parties of joy. In the case of Midwinterblot and Yule, the holidays that once marked the terrible and evil price required to provide light, Christians used that dark holiday to express the joyous arrival of God's true light. It was brilliant in so many ways. How does Jesus describe himself? He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Never walk in darkness. Never, not even on Halloween or Christmas. At the birth of Jesus, John described Jesus this way. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so we change the meaning of the Yule log to a celebration of Jesus, the coming uh, light into this dark world. And, and we began to put up Christmas trees full of lights. I mean, it used to be they burned candles on these trees before electricity, but the lights on the tree represent Jesus, the light coming into the world. It's pretty awesome when you think about it. Hey, our, our, our Christmas Eve candlelight services here, they're awesome. They're, they're very powerful and yeah, the symbolism of the light is powerful. Because Christians shed light on darkness. It's not that we're blind to the work of the evil one and the darkness he stirs up in our world. It's that we're full of light and that changes everything. Christians redeem what is dark in the world and turn it around for good. We are light in the darkness. I could also tell you the story of Easter. We don't know the exact day that, you know, when Jesus died and three days later rose from the dead. So what did he do? Well, we, I should say, we picked a popular pagan holiday that celebrated sex and really some uh, sick stuff. Um, and we connected that with fertility in the spring. And then it became Easter to celebrate the new life that Jesus gives us. Because we're not afraid of dark pagan stuff. We transform it. We redeem it for the good. Come on, why should the devil have all the good holidays, right? Christians have made sure that he doesn't. Some of you were raised in churches with good intentions that inadvertently uh, led you into bondage by getting you so uptight and fearful about so many things, including Halloween. Scary sermons are no different than scary movies. They create an environment of fear. And out of fear, Christians withdraw. Out of fear, they shelter and sometimes overprotect their kids. And out of fear, they empower Satan. They empower Satan to do what he could never do unless you had so much fear. And when Christians are full of fear, Satan wins and the cause of Christ is damaged. In contrast, listen to the Apostle John. There is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. Hear me. If God's life and light and love fills you, that drives out fear. The Apostle James, the brother of Jesus, says this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you see something connected to Halloween or at any time of the year that is dark, that you sense might be demonic, don't be intimidated. Don't be fearful. Just resist. 
with Jesus in you, you can resist and the devil will flee. It's, it's actually that simple. Let's keep going. The Apostle Paul says, if God is for us, like, who can be against us? This is a no-fear statement. And Paul also says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Okay, let me add a side comment here and meddle in the vaccinated versus unvaccinated debate. And this really has no connection with Halloween, but I'm throwing it in there free of charge. There are good, thoughtful people on both sides of the debate. There are passionate followers of Jesus on both sides of the debate. And perhaps there are a few crazies on both sides of the debate, but we won't go there. The people I know from Fort City on both sides of the debate are great people. I love you. I respect all of you, irrespective of where you stand. But, but here's where the scripture that we've just been reading applies to whatever position you take on vaccines. Take a research, well-thought-through, logical approach. Don't let fear lead you. And that's for both sides of the debate. People are gripped by fear on both sides. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Make a well-thought-through, informed decision. And don't let fear be the driver of your decisions. And don't try to make your decisions sound spiritual by invoking the end times. Fear not, Christians have nothing to fear about the end times. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica about the return of Jesus, he says this, You know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so, this day should, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Therefore... Encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you're doing. We look at the fact that the Bible says that Jesus will return and we look at all of the things that will lead up to his return, not as something to be afraid of, but when things get dark, we just turn on the light and we encourage one another with the truth that no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on all around us, Jesus remains Lord. He is in control and he's coming back. Same deal with Halloween. We don't fear any of the darkness associated with it. We turn on the light. We transform the day into something that is fun and wholesome. We can do that. You know, when it comes to Halloween, uh, Christians who are fearful about that day just look bizarre to people around them. Let me say it again. Why should the devil have all the good holidays? And why should Christians look so weird when they don't have to? Why should fun, parties, Colorful costumes be dominated by darkness and evil when they can simply turn it into life-giving joy. Let's get in there, have some fun, and redeem it all for the glory of God. Let's open our doors to our neighbors and go to their parties or have themselves over to... Well, I guess we can't quite do that, but something like that. Get out on the streets and uh, enjoy your streets. But uh, hey, if Jesus can go to the home of Zacchaeus, a hated tax collector who has a reputation for using extortion and violence to pad his own pockets. I mean, why can't we, like, go anywhere? Well, almost anywhere. There is a line, but you get the idea. And, and Zacchaeus, he didn't become a good guy until he met Jesus. And, and the transformation that some of your neighbors long for, that they're reaching out for, you're who God wants to use to make that happen. Remember, everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Anything can happen. That's not just a slogan for your church. It ought to be a slogan for your home and your life. Let me rant on a bit. 
How many days of the year do your neighbors come knocking on your door? How many times are your neighbors, you know, all out there on your street? But your house has the lights turned out and you're certainly not going out on your street to have a fun conversation with your neighbors because maybe you're at some church harvest party. Okay, that's not many of you here, if it's any of you here, I get that. But still, if you remember the old WWJD bracelet, any of you remember that? What would Jesus do? Read the Gospels. It's not too hard to see what Jesus would do. He'd be giving out candy and walking the streets where the people are. I actually believe that when Christians withdraw from Halloween, they're participating in one of the schemes of the devil. They're staying out of contact with normal people, and the devil likes that, and normal people then see Christians as weird, and the devil likes that too. Halloween is just an awesome time to follow Jesus, the light of the world. Now, there's another side to Halloween, uh, to the Halloween story that you need to know because it's very cool. You see, Halloween is the birthday of the Protestant Reformation that led to the Protestant church. So we can call this day our birthday. Some churches call this day Reformation Day. Because what we call the Protestant Reformation dates to October 31st, 1517. So today is considered the birthday of the Protestant branch of the Christian church, which ultimately led to Fort City Church. Today would be the 504th birthday of the Protestant church. Sweet! Happy birthday! I don't know if you realize it, but the word Halloween is a Christian word. It comes out of the old Christian church calendar used by mainline churches, Roman Catholic, Anglican, Lutheran, Presbyterian. Halloween is a sliding together of the phrase All Hallows Eve. Halloween, All Hallows Eve. It means the night before All Saints Day. The word hallow is an old English word for Christian saints. In old church calendars, still in use by liturgical mainline churches today, All Saints Day on November 1st was a special day that we celebrate to celebrate great Christian leaders who God used to change history. So if you're an Anglican or Catholic in background, you know all about this. Over the years, the concept of venerating or honoring saints like we honor the great heroes of the faith today took on some unbiblical baggage that contributed to the to the Protestant uh, Reformation. Somewhere along the line, a doctrine got developed about a place uh, in between heaven and earth called purgatory, where you got purged of sin a bit more so that you could enter heaven clean, which is not true, which is not the story or the message of the gospel. And there was this shortcut created through purgatory. You could pay and pray to the saints that they would pray to God on your behalf and on behalf of your relatives to reduce time in that purging state called purgatory. Today in Catholic churches, you can pay to light a candle and pray to a saint, and that lit candle is the idea that the dead saint is praying for you or your loved one. Back in 1517, it was an even bigger deal as Pope Leo X used it as a massive fundraising scheme to rebuild St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. There was this guy, Father John Tetzel, who was a fundraiser for the Pope in the early 1500s. And he would go to town to town and preach, and get this, this, this was his tagline, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Let me say that again so you can get it. As soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. And that preaching worked. 
Maybe Lucas and I should use that in our offering talks. Yeah, maybe not. But oh my, it stirred up a, a young Catholic monk by the name of Martin Luther. He was shocked and dismayed at such distorted, abusive, manipulative behavior by the church. And he chose Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, in the year 1517 as the symbolic day to nail these 95 theses to the door of the church at the University of Wittenberg in Germany, outlining protests of these abuses. Out of these 95 statements came the protestant, the Protestant Reformation. So again, what I'm saying is, in essence, the Protestant church was born on Halloween. Friends, this is our day. It really is another day for us to celebrate light over darkness. I get it. Some of those pagan practices that have their origins with the Druids and elements of Druid Samhain keep turning up in aspects of Halloween. But Christians are not to be intimidated by that. Our mission is to take what is negative in the world and turn it into a positive. Take what's pagan in the world and make it Christian. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So to help you out, I've said a lot. Let me leave you with five statements that I hope will help you get what I'm saying. Five summary statements. Number one, true spirit-empowered Christianity drives fear away. Well, when Christians get caught up in fear, that's not from God. That's something else. When Christians get caught up in fear, Satan is making gains. So be a fear-not people, okay? Number two, from the days of the Apostle Paul, Christians have always worked to redeem what is not right in the world, including pagan holidays and practices. Christians didn't run from evil. They transformed evil. That means you can transform evil for good. You are a transformer through Jesus. Number three, I hinted at this one. Jesus always loved a good party. And he seemed to prefer parties with pagans and sinners than parties with religious folk. Jesus could be a little harsh on people who got really religious, but he was really welcoming to everyone else, you know, no matter how messy their lifestyle. Just remember, everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Anything can happen. Number four, Halloween. It's our birthday. It's our holiday. And we have a lot to celebrate. And Jesus said he came to bring light and life to the full. So let's celebrate life to the full on Halloween. Add costumes, add color, good food and drink. Instead of celebrating darkness and death, let's celebrate light and life. And number five, this last one is kind of an observation and a call to action. We live in a culture that's intrigued by mystery, darkness and death. Let's just use that as a bridge to the life and light of Jesus. During the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther wrote a contemporary hymn. Okay, that was 500 years ago, so it's not contemporary today, but many of you maybe haven't heard this hymn, though I know a number of you could. I mean, those of us who know it, we could sing it for you, but we'll spare you. But what Luther did was he took a very familiar German beer-drinking tune. It was a popular tune of the day. And yeah, um, German, or I mean, Luther spent a lot of time in German pubs. Uh, German pubs uh, played a significant role in the birth of the Protestant church. Uh, uh, the first small group Bible studies were in German pubs. And uh, so, yeah, Luther took this lilting German beer drinking song and he put these words to it. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe 
that seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate, on earth is not his equal. Now get this verse, you'll listen carefully. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him, no fear. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Maybe someday we'll start singing Halloween carols. If so, this would be the main one. Lucas, get ready. So happy Halloween. Really, this is our day. So bring a little light and life and love to the day and just let Jesus shine through you. Don't hide. Don't be fearful. Join the party, but bring Jesus to the party. He loves a good party. Okay. Before I pray for all of us, there may be uh, some of you who do not know Jesus in a way that dispels fear and brings peace and stability to your life. Maybe you've never invited Jesus to fill your life with himself and asked him to be the leader of your life. If that's you and you sense God prodding, would you pray this prayer with me? Just say this, dear Jesus, I want to know and experience your peace and love. Just say that to him, I want to know and experience your peace and love. Drive the fear that is in me away and shine your light into me. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Today, I choose to follow you. Help me to follow you and to be that person who brings light to the darkness. Amen.